Hey everyone, my name is Dalton Mahan. You're listening to Wolverine Buzz. I'm a senior reporter slash host for this podcast, where we invite people to come as you are. Students, my name is Dalton Mahan. I am here with Kate McPherson, and she is the director of the Honors Program. The Honors Program mission, they state on their website, is the UVU's Honors Program enhances the collegiate experience of motiv- highly motivated students through specialized academic and enrichment opportunities that cultivate personal, professional, and civic engagements. Kate, thank you so much for being here today. Um, well, you are the director of the honors program, and it's it's an honor to have you here. Thank you for your time. Do you, do you would you mind introducing yourself a little bit about like how long you've been in the program, what your intentions are, like your goals, maybe some goals you have for it and stuff. That'd be right. great. Yeah, thanks, Dalton. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I have been the director of the UVU honors program since July of 2012, so I'm coming up on 10 years in the position now, which is great. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And for me, it was really um, a goal that I had um, when somebody asked me, I don't know, pretty early in my career at UVU, and I was doing some administrative work, like an assistant chair position or something like that. And they said, well, what's your ultimate career goal? And I was like, I think I want to direct a collegiate honors program someday, whether that's here or somewhere else. And so for me, it really is a dream to to be in the job. And I love it because... I'm the graduate of an honors program at a large state university. I went to the University of New Mexico, okay. and I completed their program. And it was just so pivotal for me because it helped give me a little bit more of that sort of small college experience inside a big university. Yeah, We all know how you know huge UVU is now, how busy you know departments and programs are really large. And it's really nice, I think, for students who want that to have a place of belonging, to form really close bonds with students outside of their own major. Yeah. Um, and we really try and help facilitate that in the honors program. Okay. Uh, and so that's one thing that we really love about it is like we get to know our students really individually really well. We do a ton of advising with them mm-hmm. um, and we get them connected to each other through mm-hmm. academic experiences like through small classes and stuff like that, but also through social yeah. experiences. Which is going to serve them a long time in the future as well, because exactly. they're going to be friends maybe and stuff and yeah. be, be successful and stuff. And so my next question is, how do you guys determine like a student getting accepted into the program? Because I feel like when you hear honors program, you think of like, like kind of really smart, intelligent, yeah. intellectually and stuff and more than us, more than others. Um, so how do you guys determine who gets placed where and stuff and like gets accepted into the program. Yeah. So we have an application process. That's true, Mm -hmm. but true to the mission of UVU as a place that's inclusive, we have a really inclusive approach to admissions in the honors program. And so students can apply to the program regardless of their GPA or their test score. So like we don't have any kind of minimum ACT score, like a lot of colleges and universities do for Mm -hmm. honors Um, And we don't have a minimum GPA for students to participate in the program. We do, to get the distinction at the very end of it, when they get their degree, students need to have a 3.40 GPA. So a strong GPA, but, you know, not a stellar one. That's like half A's and half B's, right? 
Um, so we know that students, you know, not everybody's going to have perfect grades all the time, so we don't expect that. And so, so students can apply as long as they have four semesters left on campus okay. to to participate in the program. We really need that time with them to take them through the required courses that they have to take. Um, and all of our students who finish with the bachelor's degree complete a senior thesis or a senior project, and that's a two-semester process. So we okay. need two semesters for that. Of course. And then a couple semesters for the other stuff, To get too. the other stuff done. So to apply, um, students apply online, um, and everybody writes a couple of really short essays, like mm-hmm. 300 words okay. or less. And they're kind of quirky, funky topics. Yeah. And they're all listed on our website under the admissions tab. If you scroll down to the bottom, there's a link there that says writing prompts. And so they're crazy questions. And we adapt a bunch of them from the University of Chicago, which has a a famous essay application tradition Mm -hmm. where they ask students, like, one of their famous ones I remember that we used years and years ago is, like, places like Costco sell these, like, two-gallon jars of mustard. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> you know, and so then people can make up all kinds of creative answers. Reasonings like and reasoning stuff, yeah. and stuff. Because what we're really interested in when we're looking for students to join the program is students who exhibit creativity in their thinking, students who have drive, students who have ambition, um, students who have, like, intellectual flexibility in the sense that they like looking at things from different angles and really exploring why things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what we're really looking for in those application essays It's not necessarily students who are the best writers. No. Cause we have as many like engineers in the program as we have English majors. Yeah. And, and so, you know, these are two people who approach writing tasks really, really differently, but they're all really cool kinds of thinkers that bring a lot to the program. Which is, I think key in having that diversity, like you were saying before in the integrity and like just being so diverse and that opens up so many opportunities for like future, I guess. And so in, and ideas. And so in regards to like, you were talking a lot about grades, like grades aren't like a super important thing. Mm. And so now I'm kind of curious because I feel like in honors programs, it's all like students that are straight A's, the 4.4 GPAs and stuff. And like all these like really high, like super smart uh, students. But what, like if it isn't about grades and if it isn't, it's more about diversity or is it more like, what is it about then like the honors program? Because I feel like it should like an honors program is about grades. It is about grades and it's about students achieving hard things intellectually Mm -hmm. speaking. Definitely. And so, but not perfect grades. Yeah. And actually we work really hard with our students to try and dispel some of the sort of toxic perfectionism yeah. that creeps in for really high achieving people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really open with students and I talk with them a lot about that when I see them doing that thing and like pushing themselves too hard and expecting themselves to do all the things exactly right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, what, what I really hope students get out of the program is a way to connect with if they join us as freshmen or sophomores, they get to connect with students across their whole collegiate experience. Students like them who are like really invested in their education really deeply. And we all know that like you can have the best professor in the world in a class, but mm. if the students in class are not invested in the class, the class is not going to be excellent. It'll be no. fine, yeah. but it won't be excellent because you, what you need are well-prepared and people peers who are invested, people who like prepare for class, mm-hmm. they do the reading, they're going to engage in discussions and cooperative projects in the class, they're going to collaborate yeah. effectively, that kind of thing. So we hope that 
when students join us really early, they're going to get that across their whole collegiate experience. Okay. Um, and come away with enhanced connections with those professors and with their peers. And it's basically a networking opportunity. I like to think of it. It's, you know, a pretty intellectual networking opportunity, <laughs> but still they find people who are, you know, curious about the same things as them. Um, one thing we really do to encourage that connection among students is uh, we have a class. I joke about it. I call it the mandatory fun class. It's the honors colloquium. It's a big word. Colloquium. Colloquium. Um, and uh, it's honors 100 R. Students take it more than once. That R on the end means repeatable. Okay. And so it's a one credit class. And if students start with us as freshmen or sophomores, they take the class three times, three different semesters. It has a different theme every semester. Okay. And so uh, I pick that theme in consultation with some of my student leaders in the program. And like we pick a really broad theme. Like our theme this semester is misinformation. Okay. But we're not talking about COVID misinformation or election fraud or that stuff that a lot of us are, you know, like, oh, I don't yeah, know right. think about that stuff, right? We're talking, we're using as a book in the class, uh, a book by a guy named Hans Rosling, a Swedish global health expert called Factfulness. And the subtitle of the book is 10 Reasons Why You're Wrong About the World and Things Are Better Than You Think. And so it actually teaches you like, all the ways that we misperceive data and basically like zoom in too much on the wrong things mm -hmm. and have a sort of overdramatic worldview um, and how like, I don't know, like one fact that students were really blown away by that almost everybody gets wrong on this quiz that he gives you at the beginning uh -huh. of the book is like, what percentage of the world lives in true poverty, like subsistence level poverty. And Probably people, minute, like super little. People always guess it's a lot of yeah. people, like 30%, 25%. Uh -huh. It's actually dropped like 20% in the last two decades, and it's about 9% oh, wow. of the world population now. And so we, we, we're learning these habits of thought, and students are like grappling with these huge ideas. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we listen to some podcasts, we read some book chapters, we like chew on a big idea all together and have yeah. this kind of brain food experience mm -hmm together. But like, sometimes we pick a really fun theme. Like last semester, I thought, okay, everybody's back on campus. Yeah. And what do students really need? They need a sense of joy in their lives. And so we picked as the theme for the class, the theme of play, of like playing games, uh, drama, about like ideas that are in play and in debate. And we did all kinds of fun stuff. Like for assignments, students had like game nights, Mm -hmm. And students go to the theater and students went to improv and, you know, Just all, like sorts of all kinds yeah, and sporting events and all kinds of stuff like that. So we get students together in intellectual experiences, but we also get them together in social shared experiences yeah. to help cement those relationships. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's really interesting that you say that. um it's not just about like the grades, obviously, and stuff, but the grades do say something, right? They do. And stuff. And um, they do say something about your character, but then also there's, like you were saying, there's those students that like to focus too hard on those grades mm -hmm. and stuff. And there's those students that like to focus too hard on something that shouldn't be focused too hard on yeah. and stuff. And so how, as you, as the director, like you're talking about, there's some things that you do to help these students. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we all get in the, the rut of being like, oh, I need to be better. 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 How do you, as the director of the honors program, help these honors students changing that mindset or like reevaluating that. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it is I talk really openly with the classes that I teach about. <laughs> Just expose them. Yeah. Expose them and say, <laughs> you know, it's okay if you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's okay to give yourself a break. 
and you don't need to be striving quite this hard all the time. So part of it is just like explicit lessons in class and me that, and also just like modeling my own flexibility. Like when I screw something up, cause I do, you know, yeah. I forget something or I, you know, like make a bizarre, like we all make due date on my canvas thing that doesn't make any sense. Right. Mm-hmm. So I screw something up on my canvas page. I like <laughs> sort of own my own mistakes to the students and say, Oh yeah, you know, I was really pretty overloaded and I guess I didn't pay enough attention to that. Oh, well uh-huh. I'll fix it right now. And then we just move on from there. And so I like try to model not beating myself up for not being perfect Mm -hmm. with them. Um, And I do a lot of individual stuff with students too in advising sessions and stuff and say, you know, hey, I really sense you're driving yourself pretty hard. Talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. And so I try and just, you know, do a lot of support with them individually. I, I was meeting with a student for a long time this morning who, you know, senior really hitting the wall over some stuff. Oh, wow. And I worked with her for a long time to like make a plan. Mm-hmm. And, like what seems realistic? Like what can you let go? You know, yeah. what is essential? What's optional? You know, that kind of thing, like helping people discern that. And mm-hmm. so I really value forming those relationships with students to help them see a way forward, even if they, all they see is a wall in front of them. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's interesting that you say that. I think it's very important that we are able to move forward past that wall, right? Mm-hmm. That we are able to see like the light at the end of the tunnel, even yep. though it seems like it's not there Yep. and stuff. So it's very interesting you say that. Um, I, there was a quote that came into my mind when we were talking a little bit about like poverty, right? Uh-huh. And stuff and like the theme of this semester. And yeah. like students said like they had predicted the poverty line was really high uh-huh. and stuff, but it actually isn't. And I think this quote goes kind of hand in hand with what you're saying a little bit about our mentality, our, our mental state and poverty. And the quote says, um, what's worse than living in a third world country than living in a first world country with a third world mentality. Mm. So it's, it's interesting to me. I, this quote's always stuck with me. I don't know why, but I just think the potential that we have, the resources that we have, even here at UVU or other campuses, we're given so much, but we don't know about it. Yeah. And so and it that can actually hurt us more than benefit us because mm-hmm. we're just we just think like we're living in poverty, right? And we're not actually being able to allow or informed of all this knowledge that we have. Yeah. And stuff. And so I think with this networking, the honors program, it's really great that like students are able to develop more connections within the community and then also develop a broad uh, comprehension of what is available to them. Yeah, I had a great example of of students really sort of accessing their own peers in the program this year. Probably, probably the best one ever. Um, I had a student in deaf studies who had this idea that she really needed like a a visual translator of signs, mm-hmm. and she really wanted like to make an app. But she's a, she's just a sign language interpreter, right? She's mm-hmm. not a programmer. She doesn't have any graphic design yeah. skills. And so what I did was just like put this out in our honors newsletter. We put a newsletter out, just an email list kind of newsletter a mm-hmm. couple times a month with opportunities for students. And I'm like, hey, who wants to help this senior with her project? We need a programmer. We need a videographer. We need a graphic designer. Yeah. Who wants to step up? You guys can get some credit for this work, Mm -hmm. um, through honors, you know, for, for part of your, your work, if you want to support this student and she enrolled a whole team of people and they're doing this really astounding thing. And they're going to create like an app that's that's like a visual dictionary of signs so that you can like 
not Watch. look up a sign, not look up the the picture of a sign, but you can like see somebody make- see somebody making the sign. Hmm. That's and there's like really whole cool. categories and stuff. I just saw the graphic designers concepts the other day. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's That's pretty, so cool. pretty astounding. And so students do these really amazing senior projects and I love them because I learn so much from them because yeah. they're not just in my discipline. Like by training, I'm an English professor. Don't you work with like the capstone projects and, and stuff And I too? do. I do them all. Yeah. I work individually with the students in the one semester they spend developing what their capstone project is going to be. That's just a one credit class. And then the next semester they do a three credit, like implementing the plan that they made. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, whether that's in programming or in the biology lab or in, you know, Getting language started, studies, yeah. yeah, whatever it is, I help them with that project management stuff. Okay. Along the way. So I form really strong relationships with the students. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, on that. And I just love learning from them. Like I was meeting with a student earlier today and, you know, she's um, researching of like effective treatments for a really troubling mental health disorder, borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to learn this. You know, I know people who have this disorder and I haven't taken the time to like go do a bunch of reading about it. I'm going to learn so much from reading your thesis. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's, she's, that's probably so meaningful to her and yeah. stuff. And so it, it actually gives her like more of a purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you lose that purpose, you don't really know what you're, yeah. like, your intent is, yeah, the I, motive. All the students who do the senior project, um, they, you know, prepare, you know, really formal document at the end of it. Uh-huh. And then we send it off to be bound, hardcover, and they get a copy and we oh, keep fun. a copy and it's archived in the library and all kinds of stuff. So like, it's just a really consequential thing, but students don't have to do all four years mm-hmm. of the honors program if they don't want to. We do have an associates, they can get their associates with honors or they could get their bachelors or both. Yeah. And so it's up to every student, right? Everybody's got different goals for what they want. And some people really just want that enhanced experience for a couple years at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, but some people want to go the whole distance um, and, you know, do this big senior project kind of thing. So, so that, that leads me to my next question in regards to like assignments and like things, tasks that honors program students are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. What is like, is there, how much to the workload is it going to require? Yeah, I think that's a really important question because I know that students here at UVU are, you know, almost everybody's working outside yeah. of school and then and, you have family and, and they you have got school families they might be friends. married yeah all kinds of things like that and so it is um students are required to do some additional coursework okay um but it's a maximum of 8 cre- no pardon me 9 credit hours of total additional credits across the whole degree okay so if students are starting with us with the associates they have to take um some of their gen ed classes at an honors level, but they get to pick which ones, except we do ask them to take ethics and values as an honors class. So that's philosophy 205H instead of philosophy 2050. Okay. Um, But they can choose the other gen ed that they want to do. Like, so if they don't want to do their English credits at an honors level, but they'd rather do biology, that's fine with us. Yeah. So they pick that stuff. But what all the students in the program do, whether they're going to do the associates or the bachelors is they take this honors colloquium class, the mandatory fun class I was talking about, they take that two or three times. Okay. If they enter with more than 40 credits, they take it twice. If they enter with less than 40, they take it three times. Okay. Um, and then everybody in the program takes one section of ancient legacies and one section of modern legacies. Mm-hmm. And those are classes taught by faculty from all over campus, and they're really different from each other depending upon who teaches it. Like, So the ancient one obviously covers like the ancient world up to about 1,500 
modern covers 1500 to the present Beyond, roughly yeah. you know yeah. but like it the class is really different whether you're taking it from a literature professor or a chemist or a music historian yeah. and all those people teach for the program on a regular basis and so we publish course descriptions of mm-hmm. those classes on our website every semester under the curriculum tab so students can read descriptions of them so for instance this fall coming up we have the dean of science Danny Horns um teaching a class called The Volcano That Created a Monster. And he's a volcanologist, right? He studies volcanoes uh-huh. as his academic specialty. But what he's going to do is teach about this volcanic explosion explosion of a mountain in Italy called Mount Tambora and how that eventually led to the writer Mary Shelley composing the book Frankenstein. What? Yeah. And so so students will study the science of the volcano and the volcanic explosion and all this stuff. And then they'll also read Frankenstein and talk about like the connections there. And so that's their modern legacies class that they'll take. That's Uh, really cool. So my next, so in regards to like, so what if a student has taken like a history class, right? Yeah. And they have to take the honors history class in order, do they have to take the honors history classes in order to be part of the honors program? No, no, no. We never make students go back and repeat any credits. We just adapt it. A lot of what we do with students who need to have their degree sort of customized is um, we work on a thing called an honors contract Mm -hmm. with a student. And that's where they pick a class that they already have to take in their major or that they choose to take. So either required or elective class in their major and uh, an upper division class. So numbered 3000 or above. Uh And they work with the professor to design some special enhancements for that class that only they will do while they're participating in the class at large. But it's only 15 hours of additional work across the whole semester. So about an hour a week of additional work in that class. And then they get, we, we keep a record of, you know, who's done a contract with what professor and how many they've done so that they do these honors contracts. And those can always substitute if we need to, if students, you know, come in and like they've taken a bunch of their gen ed, but they're not quite ready for their associate's degree yet. Anyway, so we just work with them. It's pretty customizable. Gotcha. Okay. And so one last thing before we end off the awards, like what is a big motive for like, obviously you guys have scholarships. We do. Do you guys offer housing too? We do. Oh my goodness! And then what? And certificates, of course, and upon graduation and everything. So what? Like so, what do students get out of it? Well, um, in terms of tangible rewards, it's true. Students who join the honors program have access to scholarship opportunities that other students on the campus don't have, Mm -hmm. and so we do have um, a pretty large pool of tuition awards that we hand out, and those range in amounts from sort of 500 to about $1,250 a semester. So Mm -hmm. scholarships that students can qualify for. Um, And uh, those are um, in-state scholarships. So we can't really award those to non-resident students. We also, oh, and that's, those are renewable for up to eight semesters. So that's a, that can go for your whole college career if you want. And you don't even have to keep applying. Like once you qualify, you qualify. For it, for the rest of the career. Okay. Interesting. Um, And then we also do have one of the university's only housing programs. Um, Our students who earn the honors housing scholarship, that's a two year award. So that's two, um, years from like August to August years. Mm -hmm. Um, All our students live currently over at the green on campus drive. So they live in private rooms with private bedrooms, all honor students in their apartment. 
And they have, uh, we have student resident leaders on site. Students do a ton of activities together through the housing program. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, like they chose this spring as their big event for the whole housing program. We're having a masquerade ball at the Alpine Arts Center. Oh, cool. Um, and they all, we hired some dance instructors who were students in the program to come and give dance lessons to people. Mm-hmm. So people learn to waltz and two-step and yeah. foxtrot and they're doing a dress and like a, a clothing exchange, right? So oh, people so want cool. formal wear and they yeah. don't have it or maybe they're tired of the formal wear they have. Anyway, so we're having a big masquerade ball on the 11th of April. <laughs> Is that open invitation or no? Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we've had to do all our RSVPs for all the food by now already. But so. yeah, so students have access to some great scholarships. And then we also have a leadership program in the honors program, which is compensated with scholarships. I have a core of called honors ambassadors. Okay. And so they help me with recruiting, but they also help me with the colloquium class and they like help me grade discussions and wow. they, we break up the big class of 150 students into uh-huh. some smaller subgroups for, for students to get to know each other in some allied disciplines to their own major or a little bit more closely in the ambassador, and they coordinate some activities with those okay. students. So we have leadership scholarships, we have housing scholarships, we have tuition scholarships, and we even have a, some study abroad scholarships. So for students wow. in the program, they can apply for some funding for academic study abroad programs to help defray the cost of those pretty high-dollar programs. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually really cool. There's a lot of benefits, I guess, that comes with the honors program. And so I hope that the students are able to take note of this. And if they are interested, they can reach you guys out on the website. On the website, yeah. And my contact information is right there on the bottom of the About Us page. They're welcome to email me directly, set an appointment with me if they'd like to, you know, meet personally and see if they think they'd be a good fit for the program. Sounds great. Sounds great. Awesome students. Well, we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much, Kate, for being here. Yeah, thanks, Dalton. Thanks for listening to the Wolverine Buzz. Tune in to next week's interview. If you have any questions, comments about our podcast, or would like to be interviewed, reach out to us at UVU Review on Instagram, asking for the producer at Wolverine Buzz. Have a great day. 